Welcome everyone, this is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Ralph Halem. He's the CEO of Spectra 7 Microsystems. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good. And, and first off, um, welcome back. I know you had a leave of absence, so it's good to hear you again, and welcome. Thank you. Yes, I'm feeling very good. I'm back. <clears throat> it was great. I got through this thing pretty quickly. I'm back in shape and running the company. Very excited with the outlook for Spectra 7 going very into good. next year. Very good to hear. So, so, Ralph, some of the people aren't familiar with Spectra 7. Can you just give us a quick overview of the company, what you guys do? Of course, you bet. Spectra 7 is basically a semiconductor company, which is basically a chip provider into many OEMs or digital equipment manufacturers. Our chips are, are focused on cabling interconnect, which is a very exciting market. It's a high-growth market. It's a new one. We have innovative technology to connect systems at high speed and low power, and we're getting very, very good market acceptance for our technology. So we're basically a chip company that's focused on a very special high-growth niche. Okay. And then, and how big of a market is your addressable market? Well, we believe that our TAM or total addressable market will grow to a total of about a billion dollars. It's $1 billion in the next few years. It's a high-growth market, and it's attracting a lot of people, both customers and competitors, coming in over time. But it's a growing market. It's probably one of the most exciting segments of the semiconductor industry today. Can you, can you touch on that competitive landscape, who those other players are, where you fit in? Yeah, sure. Well, we've been in this market for over five years with production of very important innovative products, and we have a very strong customer base today, and we have very, very high market share because for many years we were the only provider of this type of solution. Our competitors are not, not don't have nearly the level of experience that we have, but probably, probably some of them are, are more more known as customers and suppliers. So we have, uh, I think, one or two right now. Okay. But they're not, yeah, I don't want to go into too many names right now. Okay. And, and so what's your approach versus the competition? <clears throat> well, our approach is to provide the lowest power, highest performance, and most interoperable solution in the industry. Because all the technology today for active copper cables is based on Spectra 7 chips, we have, of course, a very unique advantage in that we understand how this is implemented and how it works and how to be interactive and interoperable with all the deployed active copper cable technology out there. We have many large tier one customers who are have proven our technology and deploying it in volume today already. So, so what are the main benefits of your chips versus the, the competition and why would a prospective customer choose the competitor in what circumstances? Sure, <clears throat> this is not non-trivial technology. We embed our device inside a copper cable it's very unusual. It's very innovative technology that has not been implemented before. There are a lot of complications and, and interactions with the system and with the cable, the interconnects. When you do that, we understand it fully and deeply. And we have, in fact, proven our expertise because we have deployed with many, many Tier 1 customers already. As you can see, our revenue doubled this year over last year. So we are the proven, you know, knowledgeable supplier of this active copper cable technology. And most customers will look to us to help them go to market with their solutions today. And in the future, we have very, very strong customer acceptance and customer commitments globally in the U.S. as well as in China and, Ch and Japan and many other countries. So, so when a customer makes a buying decision, are they doing it on price or energy savings? Or, or what are the main benefits that, that you have over the, the competition? 
But certainly price and, and interoperability are very critical. Customers want to see a solution that works. This technology is very new. It has not been broadly implemented or deployed, except with our devices. <clears throat> so we are the segment leader and segment innovator. And it's not simple stuff. You know, you plug it in, it doesn't necessarily work. It's not plug and play. It is very innovative and there are a lot of complications. Customers look to us, not only to provide them a working solution, but to help them get their design completed successfully. And we do that every day of the week. Okay. And the main benefits they're looking for? They're looking for low cost and low power. Okay. So the options are, for instance, optical, like optical fiber interconnects, which are typically, you know, three, four, five times the cost, and also 10x the power. So we are, with our active cable technology, can cut the power dissipation of the cable roughly in many cases. And that's a huge savings in terms of power dissipation. In many of these networks, you really don't even have the power to support cables that are that high power, like optical. So this, in many cases, is now becoming a must-have, not just a nice, but a must-have. Okay. And, and the competition, are, are they also saving power or just not as much power? Really, most competitors today have a version of, of optical cables, a lower-powered version, which is roughly half the power of, of traditional optical fiber optic cables. And that, of course, is nice, but it's not everything that we offer. We offer 90% power reduction, so that's very, very attractive and very very convincing to most customers. Okay. So it's a whole different, whole different ballgame. And so with your technology, is it protected? Do you have IP around it? Yeah, we have tremendous IP protection. And we've been in this market for almost 10 years now. And I will tell you, Jeff, that we have some what are called essential patents. So if you want to do an active copper cable, you're most likely going to be in violation of some intellectual property and some patents that Spectra 7 has developed and owns. So we have very, very strong IP in this area. And IP intellectual property is very important, as you know, because nobody wants to be in a situation where they, where they end up going lying down because they violate patents from the supplier. Right? Okay. And um, th this market, you know, you've been in it for a while. Is it now a growing market? Yeah, it's grown 100% this year for us. So this year over last year, 2021, is about 100% growth year on year. And 2021 was also a very strong year for us over 2020. And we're expecting significant continued growth next year, 2023, because we're seeing record order backlog throughout this year, very, very strong backlog, and continuing demand growth across the board. And then particularly next year, we see the, the adoption of the next wave of data center interconnects, which is 100, gig, 100 gigabits. And that, we think, is going to be a huge driver for our technology and drive revenue, top-line top revenue, to grow very dramatically starting next year and into subsequent years. So we're very excited about our future right now. For, for data centers, is it the, the next node? Is, is that what is a bigger pain point and that adds more value from your product? Yes, that's correct. So what happens is, very simply, as data rates go up, the, the cost and power dissipation of optical cables goes through the roof and they become less and less viable and less and less competitive. And so customers are looking to our class of active copper cables, which is basically taking a copper cable, making it a better, faster, and lower power conductor. They're looking to that technology as the next the connectivity wave for all the high-speed infrastructure. So it's very, very attractive them from both a cost and a power perspective. So, yeah, we see our market growth expanding dramatically, and we see our revenue growing as well as 100 gig takes place globally. 
Okay. And, and so you mentioned data centers. What, what are some of the other end markets that, that you can serve? Well, we started out with AR, VR, augmented and virtual reality, and some other consumer applications, very good markets for us. We expanded into the data centers you were just saying. But beyond that, we think there are about two or three other very attractive high-growth markets. For instance, interconnect of electronics within the system, so what's called in-box. So inside the server or a switch of some kind, the speed is also going up like crazy within that box. And increasingly, just connecting electronics inside the box requires devices like our device to make it possible. We see 5G mobile infrastructure as a second market that's also requiring our technology. That's outside the box, like going from you know, a, an antenna into the receiver system. So 5G cables there have a big play for us. And then also lastly, in, in the enterprise, in particular electronics for virtual reality and other applications like that. Will these various end markets be um, revenue-producing in, in 2023? What I will tell you is we have design wins in all of these expansion markets. So we have committed customers. Many are household names, very, very big players that are already working with our technology and testing it out. Some of them have production forecasts in 2023. Some of them are beyond that. But these are very exciting end growth markets for us that are immediately adjacent to where we are today. In some cases, it's the same customers with a different product. So how do you reach these customers? What marketing channels? Well, we have our own marketing team in-house. Obviously, we're a very talented, very capable group of marketing experts. We also have sales force globally, some in China, some in Japan, and obviously some in the U.S. as well. So we go to market with our own, with our own expertise and our own employees. Okay. And, and then how do we make money? What's the revenue model look like? So the revenue model actually looks pretty good. We're very close. We expect this quarter to only lose about 200k or so, and last quarter was only about 200k loss in Q3 of, the, of this year. We expect that to continue to close over time. So it's fairly high margin business, just so you understand. We're typically around 55% gross margin on our product line. It's very unique, very special products that are niche oriented. So you get 55% gross margin typically on a blend every quarter. And so it's really just going to top line and continue to drive to the bottom line. I think we're very, very close at this point. And, and then are, are you licensing the product as well, or it's a straight sale? It's a straight product sale, no licensing. We own the IP and we use it for products. Okay. So so uh, we had John a year or so ago, and at that time the, the, den the data center market looked like it was here, and it looked like it was really about to take off. What happened... Mm -hmm. And, you know, what does it look like now, you know, over the next year? Yeah, sure. So what happened is we see that the market certainly was slowed down by the whole COVID thing and the economic slowdown. So that impacted 2022 in a pretty big way. So development and adoption of next generation high-speed interconnects got pushed out in time into 2023 and beyond. So that's what we saw this year. But however, even with that, even with that, very importantly, the company's growing 100% year over year in 2022 over 2021. I think that's really quite impressive for any company to double the top line in this kind of an economic environment. And we saw that driven by AR, VR, and driven also by data center revenue ramps globally. So we're very proud of our business. In fact, that we're doubling this year over last year in this very difficult economic environment. 
and we're looking forward to 2023, also continued high growth. Although we have not guided the year yet, we do expect 2023 to be another uh, year of significant growth over 2022. So so the bottom line improved, but, but still at a loss. Was that hindered by supply chain, and do you see that improving uh, margin with supply chain yes. uses? So, yes, you're right. Margins, the supply chain certainly impacted margins. And for us, especially in the first half of this year, gross margins are impacted by increasing cost. It's, it's certainly been the case this year that all our suppliers have raised costs and have refused to recognize cost reductions are typical year over year. And that has impacted our gross margin in the first half particularly. But gross margin is recovering. We're now we're looking to the high 50s, maybe 58% or higher than that even. As so, volumes ramp and, and things go back more to normal. Sorry, go so, ahead. As that uh, ramps and as supply chain eases, will that also help your, your cash flow? It will absolutely help our cash flow in a pretty big way. It eases our cash flow requirements and our cash for, for uh, accounts receivable and for our supply chain. So, yeah, of course, that will help us a lot going forward the next year and beyond for sure. So I understand because of supply chain and just the size of the company, you had to, you know, prepay uh, orders right. and supply. Is that coming to an end, the prepayment part? Yes, it is coming to an end now. Across the board, it's slowing down, and, and even some suppliers are giving us, you know, 30 and 60 days of payment terms. So, yes, it's improving quite a bit. Thank you. Good question. And, and, and circling back to the data center market, um, what gives you the confidence you know, that it's here now, and or, or when do you expect it to be here, I guess, and, and, and what are you basing it on? Yeah, so Jeff, what I can tell you is we have a very high level of engagement towards all the top-tier data center suppliers globally in the U.S. and China and other countries, and we're seeing an unbelievable level of interest in active copper cables, our technology, for interconnects for the 100 gig. So tremendous, tremendous promise ahead of us, and they're all talking about deployment in the next year. In 2023, so they're all looking at that right now. And we're working with them. We're seeing the the testing and the adoption and the interest level, everything that you need to get to high volume production, falling in place in a timely fashion right now. In some ways, the past the difficult past couple of years have helped them focus at 100 gig, which is where we get the most capture. We think we capture about 50 to 100 percent of the interconnects at 100 gig, which is huge. It's a huge market for us. So in some ways, we have benefited from the slowdown. But even again, even with the slowdown, we're doubling revenues this year over last year, which was also a very good year for us. Okay. And so I understand you had a Tier 1 VR maker uh, as a customer, and it's been nice orders. And and I thought I read that you expect more orders out of them, but they haven't shipped. I don't think they ship until the end of February. Is that correct? And if so... Do they need to see sell-through before you get more orders, or what's the kind of the, the time range of potential more orders? Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> very good question, by the way. Very, very good question. I would say I have to be a little bit careful because I don't want to violate their confidentiality. But I would say we are not seeing we are not seeing any drop-off in demand from them. It's a very it's a very exciting product. We think it's going to be one of the world's most successful AR VR consumer products ever, and they are very confident in this new product and they continue to order ahead of time and, and build in until we get ready for deployment. So we're quite bullish on the customer, the product, and the demand next year ahead of us in 2023. We think it's going to be a very good year for that customer. So are you capacity constrained at all? 
here we are somewhat capacity constrained. The capacity the supply issue is easing up a little bit for us, but it was very bad in the first few quarters of this year of 2022. And it certainly impacted our top line, even though year on year we're growing 100%, we could have grown probably 150% or possibly even more if it had adequacy of supply throughout this year. So, yeah, supply has impacted us in 2022, but it's easing up in 2023. We think it will be much better for us. We're working with all our suppliers to make sure we have the capacity we need. Okay. So given this great market opportunity and, and just, you know, being a small company, the size and resources that you have, um, what hurdles do you have and, and, uh, and how are you addressing them? Well, frankly, we have uh, tremendous technical expertise in Spectra 7, so we understand the technology and we're developing it in, in a timely and efficient fashion. So we're good at that on that front. Of course, if we had more capital, we could grow faster, as I was just talking about. So more capital is always better, no doubt, because more capital also gives you the ability to grow your team and get more resources, supply and support customers. So I think we have what, everything we need for the top-tier customers worldwide. Of course, if we had more, it would be better, and more would require more cash for sure. So, so given the size of the company and, and, and the, the market opportunity uh, and, and other players wanting in here, I can't imagine that there hasn't been interest in the company. How do you fend off you know, low-ball offers and enable the shareholders to get their proper value out of the company? Look, we have an excellent and extremely skilled and, and, and experienced board of directors. We also have great advisors. So, you know, that doesn't mean that we can stop people from trying to come in and, and be, uh, whatever the right word is, be aggressive. We, don't, we can't necessarily stop people from doing things that are not reasonable. But we, don't, we have no obligation to, to take a bad offer or to sell the company short. We're not going to do that. We have an obligation to, to reward and recognize our investors and that we're very committed to, and we'll remain committed to that. Okay. So in terms of growth drivers, you've already mentioned a few. I guess, um, you know, the data center market coming on, 5G. Are there some more growth drivers, or, or that basically yes, it, which is enough, by the way? Yeah, I mean, those are big markets. But, yeah, inside the box itself, so inside the electronics, as speeds go up, the interconnects become a lot more like cables, like active copper cables, and having our technology inside the box is a great opportunity because that, that's a much, much bigger market than just the external cable. So that and then 5G infrastructure, as I mentioned, mobile infrastructure as well, interconnecting the antenna over to the, to the switch is a big market for us. So there's lots of applications for this stuff, lots and lots of applications. And we're addressing all of them right now with key customers. So as we monitor the company, what are some of the things that we should watch for? Are you going to announce big orders, or, or is it just block and tackle quarter after quarter? Or what should we look for? Well, frankly, right now we are very much heads down, focused on supporting our key customers in the big deployments. That, that's, that's easy to say. It's not that easy to do. So all these big customers have you know, challenges and problems and, and need a lot of support, and we're doing that. We're supporting the Tier 1 customers across the board, it's very exciting to see the business the development, the business growth, and the backlog grow as well with that. So that's our number one focus, support key customers across the board and ramp and grow the business. That's number one. But we're also developing and introducing new products. You'll be hearing about our new products over the course of the next few quarters and also seeing significant revenue growth. And we're looking forward to profitability in the not-too-distant future. Those are some of the key milestones as we see them. 
So, so what haven't I asked that, that you wish I asked you? Well, Jeff, I think you've covered all the ground. I think you're in good shape. You've talked about the present. You've talked about the future. You've talked about some of the key catalysts. So, again, just to summarize, we are very happy with where we are. We have, you know, record revenues, and the company has doubled every year now for a few years. So it's very, very impressive. <clears throat> we think the best is still ahead of us. As active couple of cables are adopted, you know, in a, in a broad high-speed 100 gig deployments in the U.S. and then eventually in Asia. So we think this is a really good time for Spectre 7 and really good future ahead of us. So I think you've covered the ground pretty well so far. Thank you for that. Enjoyed our call. Well, well thank you. I appreciate you uh, coming back and updating us and sharing the Spectre 7 story. Of course. Thank you. Have a good day.